Next year is shaping up as quite the bumper calendar for cephology enthusiasts. Opportunities for staying up all night to watch election coverage with a few friends. Should the kind of people who stay up all night to watch election coverage have a few friends, will be presented by, among others, the United States, the European Union, India, South Africa, Taiwan, Bangladesh, Mexico, South Korea, Romania, and probably the United Kingdom, unless the looming Anglo-Greek War of 2024 ends with the Hellenic Navy sailing up the Thames to reclaim their Parthenon marbles and deciding they might as well take charge of the place entirely. Frankly, we could do worse, and indeed have been. Anyway, despite the looming promise of a veritable choir of vox populi, one 2024 election which is presently attracting a goodly deal of attention is one which will almost certainly not be occurring. In happier circumstances, March 31st would see President Volodymyr Zelensky of Ukraine seeking re-election. For obvious reasons, this is not presently scheduled to occur. Ukraine has been under martial law since Russia launched its absurd assault on the country in February 2022. Under the provisions thereof, the usual democratic niceties are suspended. Ukraine was, for example, supposed to have had parliamentary elections in October. It did not. This is obviously not ideal, but nor is anything about Ukraine's present predicament. The arguments against attempting to hold a presidential election during wartime are obvious enough. The incumbent has more pressing concerns than shaking hands and kissing babies. Polling stations, queues of voters, headquarters of election officials, candidates themselves would all be tempting targets for Russian missileers and drone operators. The election itself would be plagued by Russia's online hackers and wreckers. And though some Ukrainians who fled in the early stages of the invasion have returned home, several million have not, and many more are displaced within Ukraine, and that's not counting those hundreds of thousands of Ukrainians presently serving on the front lines. Martial law, renewed every 90 days, would need to be lifted. Added to which, the difficulties of extending the franchise to the oblasts of Ukraine currently occupied by Russia would be brandished by the Kremlin as evidence that those regions are not properly Ukrainian. So there. Polling suggests that actual Ukrainians can see all this pretty clearly. By one recent count, upwards of 80% favour suspending elections until the war is over and at any rate there appears to be little in the way of perceptible discontent with President Zelensky. Nevertheless, there is a considerable, at least voluble, cohort insisting that Ukraine must, despite all of the above, hold its presidential election on time. These people are almost exclusively American and, by and large, were one to espy any of their rockers, one would notice that they were not on them. Why are you against supporting Ukraine? Because it does not advance American interests. And as the U.S. president, I'm not running for any other role other than looking after the interests of America. Thank you, Mr. Chair. My amendment would prohibit funds from being provided to assist Ukraine. The Yahoo wing of the U.S. Republican Party is determined to make aid to Ukraine an issue in next year's American elections. 
All this will do is fuel another never-ending war and push the United States even closer to the brink of nuclear holocaust. And a big hello to everyone else, old enough to recall when the US Republican Party was absolutely the most reliable bastion of support for any peoples oppressed by Moscow. You mark my words, the way this war ends right now without the US actually stepping in and saying we're not going to fund any more of it is going to be some post-Zelensky warlord takes over with a couple hundred billion dollars of American military equipment, just like what happened after the Soviets invaded Afghanistan, and you see how far that got. The reasons for these Republicans being against the United States' current arming and funding of Ukraine are a combination of the Democrats being for it and the in no way suspicious fondness for Vladimir Putin's Russia, which has infected the GOP in recent years. One means of justifying their indifference to a theoretical ally is bleating that because Ukraine has suspended elections while it engages in an existential struggle, Ukraine is unworthy of America's largesse. Inevitably, the Venn diagram of people criticising Ukraine for not holding a presidential election and people who attempted to overturn the most recent one held by the United States is pretty much a circle. They are, of course, taking their lead from presumptive Republican presidential nominee Donald Trump, who has been advocating a slashing of assistance to Ukraine. They are further encouraged by polls suggesting, very likely as a consequence of Trump's bloviating on the subject, that nearly half of Americans now believe their country is spending too much on Ukraine. Before I even arrive at the Oval Office, I will have the disastrous war between Russia and Ukraine settled. It will be settled quickly. I will get the problem solved and I will get it solved in rapid order and it will take me no longer than one day. I know exactly what to say to each of them. I got along with very well with them. These same polls do not ask how many respondents could point to Ukraine on a globe. In fairness, not every argument for Ukraine holding its presidential election on time is bad faith grandstanding by quacking nitwits. First, foremost, and most honkingly, obviously, elections should, in general, be held. It would also be a heroic demonstration of Ukraine's democratic credentials, especially when contrasted with the wretched sham Russia is going to conduct at almost exactly the same time, by which President Vladimir Putin will be re-elected yet again by whatever margin he chooses. When the result was announced, it was clear. Russia's parliament will remain Putin's parliament. United Russia, the party backed by Vladimir Putin, had won followed by three other parties which support him. President Zelensky had long equivocated about the prospects of holding an election in March. As recently as August, he seemed to suggest it might be possible if Ukraine's parliament agreed and if Ukraine's allies stumped up sufficient financial support. He said reasonably that Ukraine wouldn't spend money on polling booths, it could be spending on weapons. He has more recently acknowledged that it is all pretty unlikely. My personal attitude and call is to take care of our country just as on February the 24th, to defend it, to destroy the occupier, to fight for the freedom of Ukraine. It might nevertheless have been tempting, if only to silence Ukraine's American populist critics. However, Zelensky has doubtless understood by now that nothing, regrettably, is likely to do that. For Monocle Radio, I'm Andrew Muller.